You're listening to Nick Luck Daily. This edition is brought to you by Fitzdares, by the Racehorse Owners Association, and by Thoroughbred Racing Commentaries Global Rankings. Hello, thank you for listening. This is episode 31 of the Saturday edition of the Nick Luck Daily Podcast. I'm Charlotte Greenway and it's Friday the 25th of March. Well, a week ago, I was cheering Rachel Blackmore back into the winner's enclosure at Cheltenham after she won the Gold Cup on Tar for Henry de Bromhead. But of course, the winning rider-trainer combination received a similar reception after star mare Honeysuckle landed her second champion hurdle on the Tuesday... And we learnt this week that she will attempt a third champion hurdle next season. And racing manager to Kenny Alexander, Peter Maloney, explained the thinking behind the decision to keep her in training. We've all got the inkling that there's a little, there might be, uh, there's probably a little bit more um, in Honeysuckle. Um, I mean, what she's achieved is, uh, is unbelievable and it's... Um, It'd be a little bit unfair to ask her for more, but uh, there's an inkling there that there is a little bit more. She's, you know, she quickens and she puts the race to bed, and then she idles. I mean, I was even I was watching Champion Hurl again last night, um, and after the last, you know, she quickened away again, and then the last hundred yards, she started idling again. She was pulling herself up again. You know, she's so. I I think you know this. Who knows? But there definitely seems to be, you know, she only ever does enough and there seems to be a little, there might be just a little bit more in there, I think. On Monday, we learned that as of the 11th of April, Ian McMahon will be taking over from Paul Struthers as Chief Executive of the Professional Jockeys Association. And Dave Yates quickly ran through Ian McMahon's background on Tuesday morning. Ian McMahon is a former professional footballer. Uh, Fans of Oldham Athletic and Rochdale uh, will be familiar with some of his work. I think he, he retired in his early 20s from injury. He's worked in a, 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 a range of different sports, most recently in golf. Uh, this is his first job in racing and he's got a tough act to follow. The shocking news of the week came from France on Tuesday where a number of key racing figures had been arrested and Catherine Ford of Sky Sports and Echidia joined Nick to discuss the details. This is three, three and a half months on from the previous raids, which saw Frederic Rossi, Charlie Rossi and Cedric Rossi um, arrested in uh, in early December. And it looks as though this is a similar type of thing. Police raids across uh, France and also in Spain and in Italy in the early, in the early part of this morning. Um, the article in uh, Le Parisien, which has documented quite a lot of what's been going on, has said that there have been 23 people arrested. These include uh, vets, pharmacists trainers, breeders and owners and uh, this has gone on kind of in the four corners of France, the south, the southeast, Brittany, Normandy, the Rhône-Alpes region, the north and also the wider Paris region and it's uh, not only thoroughbred racing, it's also trotting racing which seems to be quite heavily involved with this episode and also some equestrian establishments which are apparently involved. So there have been a number of arrests 
Um, a journalist colleague has informed me, has confirmed to me that David Cotin, one of the leading jumps trainers in France, is among those who was arrested and his, uh, his stable was raided this morning by the police in the, in the Chantilly area. Now, the investigation, which has been going on for several months, has involved um, phone tapping, investigations, surveillance and cooperation between various um, arms of the police uh, of the police force here in France and uh, it said that they have identified two supply chains of forbidden drugs coming from the Basque region of Spain and also in northern Italy and two people have been arrested in connection with that so um, that's basically the bare bones of the of the information at the moment and following the legal theme earlier in the week the Kentucky District Court denied Bob Baffert's injunction to stay a 90-day suspension put in place by the Kentucky Horse Racing Commission in relation to the positive test for betamethasone returned by Medina Spirit after winning last year's Kentucky Derby a victory that was taken away last month the judge did however delay the start of the suspension to the 4th of April which means, though, that Bob Baffert horses will not be earning points for this year's Kentucky Derby whilst in his care. And so it wasn't surprising that yesterday we learned that four potential Derby horses have left his yard already. And well, Bob Baffert has a couple of fancied runners at Maidan in Dubai on Saturday, one of which being Saudi Derby winner Pinehurst, who now has to prove he stays further than a mile, and the other being Country Grammar in the feature race, the Dubai World Cup, where he'll face Breeders' Cup Mile and Pegasus winner Life is Good. Rishi Passad and Michelle Yu are out in Dubai along with Nick and gave their thoughts on whether this race would simply crown life is good as a true champion. My heart says I'd love to see that. I'm slightly concerned about the fact that there's the potential of a spoiler in hypothetical, uh, perhaps locking horns with him. I don't think hypothetical has got the natural raw speed that life is good has, um, but it could just unsettle him slightly. I do think he's the best horse in the race by a country mile. Um, but he'll have to face a little bit of a challenge for that lead, drawn in stall one. You wouldn't want to get too far back. So there's just that to deal with. I think if he gets over that, he wins and he wins well. I think it is simple. I think it's between life is good and hot rod Charlie. I think the rest of them are playing for third, fourth, fifth and whatever else. I think it's just between the top two Americans and I think life is good is the best. I think it is that simple. We've got the top two Americans on our broadcast as well. We have indeed. Brittany Ayrton and Michelle Yu. Michelle, you'll be analysing the races. You and I work together in, in Saudi Arabia. You're working with uh, Rishi and Brittany and, and Tom and me on, on this show. Uh, tell me a little bit about how you think horses like Hot Rod Charlie and Country Grammar stand up to the quality of Life is Good. Can they lay down any sort of challenge to it? Well, I think that what we'll see is that Life is Good is fast, but distance is certainly a question mark with him going this far. And a horse like Midnight Bourbon and obviously Hot Rod Charlie, who is runner-up in the Belmont Stakes going a mile and a half, both want the distance. I also think the two of them are a little bit more versatile and they're able to sit right off. If Life is Good is going to go wing it, um, you know, that's that's a dangerous situation to let speed loose. I know Rishi thinks that uh, hypothetical might be pressing him, but like he said, I don't think he's as naturally fast. You guys don't do internal fractions in the past performances. I tonight am going to be timing uh, these races that hypothetical ran because I want to see how fast he is compared to life is good who can go sub 45. The betting for the Dubai Golden Shaheen on the dirt over six furlongs is headed 
by Mark Glatz, Dr. Shrivel, who's already a dual Group 1 winner, and Mark's son and assistant trainer Ryan has been overseeing the horse in Dubai and updated Nick on the horse's well-being this morning. Um, I think he's doing great, you know, and it's a different, different, different type of atmosphere, obviously, than Santa Anita, but he's, he's handled it good, and, you know, we're just hoping for the best. What first gave you the indication that, that this was the right type of horse to travel? Uh, the $2 million to start, <laughs> and then, uh, you know, when we, when we got beat in the Breeders' Cup by a no- dirty nostril last year, we, we were looking for ways to make up for it right away. We didn't want to wait till November next year, and so... This was the closest one we could find. I suppose with a, with a campaign like this, you want a horse who's hard enough, streetwise enough. Does he, is, he, is he naturally a horse who takes things in his stride? Yeah, he is, actually. He, he's kind of one of them horses in the stall. He knows where he lives, and he doesn't want you around them. But once you got him outside, he's a really cool horse to be around, and you know, he, he knows what he's doing. So it's always good to have a horse like that. How do you read the race? You know, I, the, European, or the Dubai form I can't really read because... I've never been to the UAE or anything like that, but what I've been told is there's a little bit of speed in the race and he should be sitting tactically, so I'm hoping for the best. And for you and for your family, what does an adventure like this mean? How significant is it to you as a, as a, as a group? This is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. You know, uh, Not all the owners were able to make it this year, which was unfortunate, but they're definitely going to be watching on TV. And, you know, Jed Cohen, who is the main man of this operation, and Tim, his son, you know, that... They've done everything, you know, they've done everything for California racing in general. They've, they've done a lot and they've done a lot for my father and, you know, it'd, it'd be really good to win a race for like this for them. You know, they, they're, they're the type of people where you'll get an email from them one day saying they bought a horse, you know, they, they, they just keep on buying and that's the, type, that's, the, that's the type of people you need in the world or in California, especially with the way it is right now. You know, it, you know we, we recently have a shortage of horses in California and, you know, California in the United States is, in my opinion, the best racetrack in the, you know, the best racetrack to train on in the world. You know, in Kentucky and stuff, you know, it's horse country and stuff, but you got to deal with the snow and cold weather. In California, you're, you're, you know, you're looking up at the San Gabriel Mountains every morning in 80 degrees weather and sun, and you're like, am I really here right now instead of being in Kentucky in the snow, so... It's a big weekend for William Haggis, with the turf season in the UK kicking off at Doncaster on Saturday, but he's also sent five out to Dubai for World Cup night, and Nick put it to him on Thursday that this is the strongest squad he's ever sent abroad. Oh, absolutely. We've never had that. Usually, Maureen and I come out for one runner, and we stand there looking at him for uh, for, uh, hours on end, thinking, what are we doing? But... uh, we're keeping very busy with these five, yeah. Was that was that a concerted strategy then? Did you sort of have a little battle plan in mind last autumn for this? Well, for I did for Mahafath and my Obron. I hoped he would get in. Um, and Alan Kerr was always coming here after the arc if he could get here. And Dubai on his own by a Dubaian. Um, and, uh, until the end of October, we didn't know, we'd never heard of Grocer Jack, so he's a bit of a new boy to us. But yeah, I mean, you look at the, the racing now worldwide, it's become, when I first started, the Arc de Triomphe was the end, essentially, in the champion stakes. Um, but now we've races all over the world in the winter in uh, Japan and Hong Kong and uh, Dubai and Saudi Arabia. So, you know, it's, it's, you know, the next stop for these horses is something like Royal Ascot. So 
that fits nicely. So why not have a go at a, a race as valuable as this, especially with the Geldings, my Oberon and Dubai Honor. They're now chasing money. They've got no chance of doing anything else. And and it struck me really that with, with horses like this, those are top class flat horses, yes, sure, you want to give them a break in a cold British winter, but it's not as though you can go and turn them out in a field or anything, is it really? I mean, not at that time of year. Not really, but we've had a remarkably mild winter, really. I mean, um, it's it's been extraordinary. When I left on Tuesday, it was 20 degrees. We're talking about the week after Jolton. It's extraordinary. So, you know, we're... we're we're blessed, been blessed with the weather. We, I can't think of seeing snow. I was away for nearly three weeks in mm. the, over Christmas. There may have been some then, but I can't think of seeing snow no. at all. I, I mean, I can't. I know I've been in and out of the country, but I can't remember it. I'm, horses that are really interesting at the, at the weekend here in, here in Dubai, first of all. I mean, Mahafeth, he, there were times last year he just looked all pace and class and style, didn't he? I mean, do you think this is the sort of test now, the Dubai turf, nine furlongs? Do you think you've got that distance absolutely spot on? Well, it'll be very interesting. Um, we were talking about it this morning with Shaker Hissa, Angus and Richard Miller, and, and, you know, I feel that... that just his last few races when he got up to this level, I, I felt he was always weak in the last bit. And, you know, his his last furlong at Ascot uh, in the Jogmont and in the Skybet race, the last bit was was his weakest. So I've been thinking about dropping him back in trip. This is a perfect fit, but he'll go back to a mile even, um, I think, it when he gets back to England. But nine here on fastest ground should be ideal, I would think. It's quite a strong race of its type, isn't it? But he's he's, he's right, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, I've looked for a while at these races in Dubai, the World Cup and the Shima and the Turf, thinking, well, I must have a crack at these. These don't look for the money, don't look so strong. Well, this year, I mean, the World Cup looks uh, unbelievably strong, as strong as anywhere in the world. And the Shima has got five or six horses rated, five horses, I think, rated over 120. You know, there's no race in the world that gets that sort of field. And um, and the Dubai Turf is a strong race. I mean, they are, they have, um, uh, you know, Alan Kerr, Dubai, uh, not so much Dubaiana, but on ratings, Alan Kerr and Mohafeth have got quite a bit to find to even feature. So if they run in the three, I'll be thrilled to bits and that they will both have put up a lifetime best. Yet yeah, they're the shorter price of the of the two horses you have in each race, Mahafeth and Alan Kerr. So I suppose they've got that sort of latent potential. Uh, Alan Kerr looked really sharp when he when he made his winning comeback on on the All Weather. Yeah. Did did that surprise you at all? Given what he looked last year, uh, it did actually. I didn't really. I wanted to get a blow into him before Dubai, and um, I, I said to Armando and uh, who manages for the owners and the owners that. I thought this was seeing him at his worst, a mile and a quarter, sharp track uh, like Lingfield against a, a probe and specialist who won a nine furlong race, obviously got a lot of speed. And Fancy Man, who was third in that race, beat us comprehensively uh, in a listed race as a two-year-old. So, uh, you know, I was chuffed to bits with the way he went through the race and picked up as well. And the other, yeah, it's, Lord North was obviously rusty, but... You know, we still gave him a, 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 a good beating, I thought. 
Uh, you you know you'd imagine stepping up in distance back on turf you bring about a, an improved performance how good do you think Yabir is I know he won the Breeders Cup turf how, how high a standard do you think he sets indeed do you think he does set the standard or do you think it's one of the Japanese horses well I, I fear the Japanese everywhere now they are so strong uh, their racing is of the highest quality probably in the world and uh, they're bringing their not their best ones and conquering the world at the moment. But I think Yubir, since he was gelding, is the most improved horse. And, uh, you know, he's going to be a really hard horse to beat. And I think Charlie's very pleased with him. He's obviously, I don't think he's been here that long, but he's obviously, you know, they know what they're doing work here, especially. So he's going to be hard to beat. I'm glad he got drawn out wide. And, and Grocer Jack, you you debuted him for the stable in in Saudi, uh, not in the in the uh, Saudi Cup, but in the Neom Turf Cup. So you're d- doing a different thing with him. You're going from um, turf back to dirt. Um, how hopeful are you that he'll handle the surface? Only hopeful, Nick. Uh, um, I wanted. We all wanted to go for the Saudi Cup. That's what he was purchased for, and he didn't get in. He didn't. He wasn't high enough rated, so he ran in the Neom Cup because of that and he was invited for the world cup so we uh, gladly accepted and uh, now it's looking quite a strong race he's uh, you know i wish he'd been drawn out because he was slow away um in saudi arabia and that was a disaster he never got a good position at all and if he's slowly away on saturday we are in the suit really because he's um you know, he'll get all the kickback. I'm sure the favourite from one will go forward. It's a very short run to the first turn. So those American horses, the Japanese will be out there. Gaps. And he, could, he could be behind after they turn. Now, if he'd been drawn on the outside, he could have sort of accepted that and got organised going down the back. So Tom will have to be at his sharpest. Now, for... Finally, William, are you going to win the Lincoln on Saturday, which is the race we normally associate you with winning? Uh, I don't know. Um, I mean, it's well known that we like Mujtaba. The other two are pretty exposed, but they're in good form. Um, you know, I just hope the ground doesn't dry out too much for um, uh, Mujtaba. He's a nice horse, but he's a work in progress. He's a, he, I think he's got more to offer this year. And I'm sure he will come good, whether it's on Saturday, I don't know. It certainly promises to be a fabulous weekend of racing. And one I'll certainly be keeping an eye on is Man of Promise in the Alcos Sprint. The Appleby Buick team have been in red-hot form in Dubai this winter. And he was visually very, very impressive last time out beating a quality field. And if he can back that up, he may well come back and dominate the UK Sprint division this season. Thank you very much for listening. Nick will be back with you on Monday morning on English soil, I believe. Enjoy the weekend. You've been listening to Nick Luck Daily, brought to you in association with Fitzdares, the Racehorse Owners Association and Thoroughbred Racing Commentary. Mm-hmm.